Welcome to the Activity Time Podcast, hosted by the SLE Marketing Team. Welcome back, Dons. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Activity Time. I'm Emilio. And I'm Macy. And we're the SLE Marketing Team. In the previous episode, we had a discussion with Cher. We had the amazing Tori and Yuan come in and talk about the recent events that are happening and what to expect for reopening. So today we thought it would be great to bring in a very special team, a team that has been very active on social media with amazing tips on how to stay healthy and active. Please welcome the USF Recreational Sports, De- excuse me, Sports Department, their faculty also known as Corette Health and Recreation Center. Please welcome Shaney, Claire, Jess, and Faustine. Woo! Welcome. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello. Hi, Shaney. You want to go first? Sure. My name is Shaney. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the director of the rec sports department, which most people refer to as Corette on campus. And maybe I will pass it off to Jess. Hi, everyone. My name is Jess Javier. I use she, her pronouns. I am the rec sports manager, and I oversee our club sports, intramurals, and our youth programming. Um, I am tuning in from San Francisco, and I'm also a Double Dons graduate. So I'm happy to be here with some fellow students and my colleagues. Um, And I'm going to pass it over to Claire. Hi there. Uh, My name is Claire Kubiak. I'm assistant director of Corette, and I use she, her pronouns. I oversee aquatics and risk management. I'm a big runner, and my fun fact for today, I am also a double Don, and I'm celebrating 10 years working full-time at USF on Tuesday. (laughs) I'll pass it to Faustine. Hi, everyone. My name is Faustine, um, and my pronouns are she, her, hers, um, and I work in student programming, special events, um, and our rec sports um, social media marketing. Thank you all for introducing yourself. It's so nice to have faces to, you know, the faculty that is at USF and what makes it really great. Um, So I kind of want to get into our talking point and really about the updates that are happening. Um, We love to hear updates through social media, but it's much better having it come from you all um, right here. (laughs) So we know that Corette has been closed for the last year. Um, Any ideas of when you'll be reopening? We actually got some pretty exciting news the last couple of weeks. It's looking like July will be, now we don't know a point in July and there are so many things up in the air because of the SF Department of Public Health and anything could go on with COVID. So we've learned throughout the last year to be nimble and to go with the flow, but it looks like July is going to be when our facility will reopen. What our current plan is, is that we're going to be posting job openings because we think we're going to need to hire a lot of student staff for that summer um, for, for July and early August. Typically we have returning staff that stay on, but because of the closure, it's going to be kind of a different time. So we're going to be looking for student staff. Um, the job will be posted at the beginning of May, and then we'll probably close it and plan to start doing trainings in June. So any we provide all the training required for anyone that wants to work at the facility in uh, July and August. And we've been doing a lot of great work with our student staff on how to make our department um, uh, more accessible and just a better place to work and a better place to come visit. So as much awesome stuff as maybe people have seen on social media, we've really been doing a lot 
lot of fun work with our student staff, getting great feedback from them. And so just taking this opportunity to make things better. So we're hopeful that it'll be an even better place to work. Um, so, so July is looking like uh, what our, our opening will be. And we would plan on the facility and the pool opening. Sometimes people have asked us like, would you just open the pool or can you just open the basketball courts? So the current plan would be whenever we're allowed to open, we're hoping that the entire facility will be open. We don't know if there will be capacity limits. So that's one thing that's kind of changed throughout the shelter in place. So one plan that we have is if there are still capacity limits, we'll have an online reservation tool so that students will be able to go on book time that they can come to the gym and book time that they can swim in the pool so that they're not going to be just kind of like queuing up in line. So um, and then we're still waiting again on what things will look like in terms of physical distancing in the facility because that changes. Um, if masks will be required in the facility. Um, the Don's health check screening tool will be something that we'll definitely be kind of implementing when people are coming in. But really, our goal is safety, safety, safety. So safety of everyone that's working in the facility, safety of everyone that's coming into the facility. So that's kind of, I mean, everything is a giant question mark, but that's kind of what we're looking at in terms of time frame. Kind of, um... Following up on, I think Shana, you had said something about with, with the pool reopening and um, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm definitely curious to know from what I've been told, isn't it like the, the world's largest pool or not the world, sorry, the city's largest pool or something like that, or one of the largest in the city or something like that, or no? I can I'm let Claire answer that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so it is um, the largest in the city, indoor. Um, we do have an Olympic sized pool and kind of a interesting fact about that is the pool is technically Olympic size, but we never actually set it up that way. So it's actually 50 yards when you go and set it up because we have a shallow end as well for accessibility wise. Okay, nice. Yeah. And, and what are some programs that students can look forward to in terms of aquatics? Well, kind of what Cheney was saying, you know, we, I have a lot of graduates the last couple of years and we haven't been able to fill those positions. So lifeguards definitely need to keep the pool running. Um, so we're going to be trying to fill those spots <laughs> and then, you know, job opportunity wise, even if you don't have a swimming background or you maybe have a love of swimming, we do teach classes as well. So if you're interested in becoming a lifeguard that can happen and we love students. Um, I love hiring everyone that, you know, has any interest in the water. And then of course, if you don't know how to swim or would like to become a stronger swimmer, we definitely have swim lessons. And so we're actually gonna kickstart the adult learn to swim lessons, hopefully this fall. Um, and then if group setting and none of that, and depending on all of the ramifications of how everything looks, you know, we also have lap swim. So if you need a single lane and just wanna come in and swim on your own, that's the other option. Um, so there's, you know, always a lane open for students and come on by. <laughs> Thank you so much for that update. I remember going inside Kura and just being amazed at like how big the pool is. It really is huge um, and very beautiful. So it's really nice um, to hear that it's gonna be, you know, opening up hopefully um, in the next couple of months. Um, so we've been seeing a lot of fun club sport activities this semester. Um, a lot of activities on social media as well. What have been some of the highlights? Yeah, oh my gosh, I feel like this year has been a whirlwind. Um, and similar, you know, to other organizations, we've really had to pivot, you know, from a full in person 
competitive recreational sports model where everything is in person. You're seeing your teammates every day, your coaches, um, and all of that being converted to the virtual platform. And so really our clubs had to focus on their communities and, you know, team bonding and kind of steer away from what they're normally used to. So, um, you know, really we, we put on more than 60 community building events, you know, ranging from team workouts and game nights and, um, you know, fight night watch parties and trivia sessions and just social hours and all these things that students have come up with or come up with, you know, like Among Us and all these popular things that have come to light. And so really, you know, I'm just really proud, I feel like, of the students and the coaches and the creativity and just everyone's willingness, you know, to really keep moving forward throughout the pandemic. Because I definitely know it's hard and I know it's hard for students. And so I can't even imagine, you know, having that experience, um, you know, when I was an undergrad there. Um, but I'm also very excited because upcoming in May, um, our two dance clubs, Varsity and Vitality, which I you know a lot of students are in, um, they are going to be hosting their usual spring shows in the virtual platform. So we totally pivoted and both of our dance clubs um, are going to be having premieres in May. Um, so Varsity's 10th annual homecoming will premiere on May 7th and Vitality's Illuminate will premiere on May 13th. So definitely stay tuned um, on social media and through the email newsletters for more details and announcements, but we're super excited um, for them to have their shows. So exciting. I mean, again, we're, we're so happy to have you all on today. Macy and I have literally been talking throughout this past academic year, like, wow, Coret's just been like popping off on social media and everything. and. And it's been nice seeing, because even though the facility has been closed, it's nice that you've been able to find ways for students to remain to still be active, especially like, you know, the at-home workouts to these gatherings to come together virtually. It's just been really nice seeing you having that option for students to still be connected with the school. And, and like we said, we've definitely had a lot of challenges through that ourselves, through student leadership and engagement. But, um, you know, it's nice how we've been able to support each other through all this. and exciting to come back into the fall. And I know, Shani, you had said about with us aquatics already and, and Claire too. And I know Jessica, you even said about um, vitality. What might some club sports and intramurals others being specifically look like for the next coming year? Yeah, so definitely, I feel like the talk is definitely all around, you know, what's gonna, what's the fall is gonna look like. And, you know, I still think, like Shani mentioned, there are still so many unknowns, but um, with intramural Sports, I definitely hope, you know, to bring back a mix of virtual um, and also in-person programming. So this past year, we did collaborate with Don's Esports, and we did a League of Legends tournament for the first time. And, you know, it really garnered some students who wouldn't necessarily participate in our in-person programming, but are really interested in virtual gaming. So, you know, that was really fun for me. It was brand new, and the students had a blast. And so, you know, we really do hope to bring sort of a mix of both virtual and in-person, but knowing that our usual in-person leagues, like, you know, five-on-five -five basketball and all of our fun, you know, indoor soccer, all those things that the students participate in, um, you know, will, you know, really have to be modified in some capacity when we come back in the fall. So um, I do hope to bring it back in some capacity, um, but really, you know, we're waiting on public health and the guidelines to come out about really what we will and will not be allowed to do, you know, next school year. And in terms of club sports, I know 1000% majority of the students that are in our program currently cannot wait to return. 
um, in person and just be with their team and have their coach and, you know, be able to say hi in person and, you know, all these things. And so uh, with club sports, we are, you know, hopefully going to bring back in-person club sports. Um, again, modifications and following, you know, all public health guidelines and so forth. But really um, with clubs, some of the students, you know, still want that virtual component. So finding a good balance between some virtual um, and some in, you know, majority in person, because that's really what the students want. But I am also hearing, you know, from our survey and our feedback um, is that students still want a virtual component just in case, you know, they can't come in person or they're not in the city or, you know, they choose not to come in person, you know, for personal reasons. So in that capacity, coming back with a mix of both virtual um, as well as in-person, but really, you know, I'm just excited to welcome back all of our students and just be able to see them on campus um, and smiling through their masks, um, of course, if that, you know, is still a requirement. So, um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Can I add one thing there? One thing that we've benefited from over the last year is expanding our network with other university rec centers. So it, connecting with other Jesuit universities, connecting with other universities on the West Coast, connecting with hundreds of universities across the country. So San Francisco has done this amazing job at safety, right? They've been very conservative. So we've been able to work with our colleagues at other institutions who maybe got a little bit more loosey-goosey and had more programming and made some mistakes and learned some lessons. So that's been awesome. Being able to learn from the mistakes or just or the, the successes of others so that we can figure out. And pretty much every one of us has a five scenario plan for every one of our programs. So normally prepping for fall is like, all right, we know it's going to be Coretnine and this and this. And we literally have five different avenues and we're continuing to check in with those other colleagues like, okay, what worked, what didn't, what are you getting the most pushback from? There are things we think that students, you know, students are going to want this, and then we're hearing, oh no, this has been this has been either the pain point or the thing that students have really wanted. So in that respect, I feel like in the last year we've just had so much more contact with colleagues at other schools that I know I personally didn't have before. It either involved travel to conferences or more social, and it wasn't really about like work and learning lessons. And that's what. Um, so it's been fun. And then Jess is also, uh, you know, with club sports and intramural. There are so many different programs across the country. And so she's been able to see like things that seem like a good idea. And then it's like, oh, no, we tried that. The students weren't into it. Um, so that's where I, I feel like we're giving you a bunch of question marks, but that's kind of why. Um, and, and we're just we know that things are going to change week by week. And I'm guessing August like we're, you know, it's going to be amazing changes. So we're, we're we feel like we've gotten so good at virtual stuff over the last year that when we can be in person, it's like, oh, my God like how much better can we be than we were before the pandemic? That's a really great insight. Um, I'm really surprised that, but also not surprised that uh, Current has been working with other Jesuit universities. Um, so that's really nice to hear that the connections are forming and that you're all really just trying ultimately to help each other out because at the end of the day, you know, it's the student safety and the safety of, you know, all employees that really matters. Um, so that's really great to hear. It's really nice to hear that. Um, and I think I would like to know a bit more about our group fitness classes. Um, I've really benefited from them when I, you know, was a freshman, a sophomore. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear more about that. Any more uh, student activities to look forward to, programming challenges um, for this upcoming fall? 
uh, our fitness coordinator, Melissa Valdez, gave us some updates to share with you today. So uh, what the, the plan is, we, we've been doing a lot of uh, virtual classes over the shelter in place and actually seen an increase in participation in classes. Either people were kind of intimidated to come to the gym or just it, there wasn't time in their day. So although it's not the same experience, we've really gotten a great um, response to the virtual classes. They'll definitely continue for the summer because of the safety issues. And we also want to provide as much open space as possible for students to be able to do kind of functional training or stretching. So not just have a room be booked. In the fall, it looks like some of our spaces in the facility are going to be impacted by academic classes. And so we're losing one of our fitness studios just for fall for an academic class. So we'll probably have primarily um, virtual classes for at least the beginning of the fall semester, if not the entire fall semester. Um, because of the limitations on outside space, having like in-person outdoor classes, which normally would be kind of like the easy go-to, um, probably won't happen, but we will consider like looking at off-site space if, if that's something that's like realistic. But planning for probably continuing about 40 free fitness classes each week um, in a virtual format, and then also continuing the Self-Defense 101 class that's been really popular. Uh, we had originally done that, I believe it was March, just as kind of a featured program. And then the, the feedback was, please continue this. Um, so through April and May that will continue Wednesdays at 1.15. Um, and then a lot of this programming will continue all summer. Like we had, I think, a more vibrant uh, group fitness schedule in the summer than we did in the um, academic year because so many of our instructors are USF students. So they just had a lot more um, availability. That's really nice to hear. Um, and I do remember seeing self-defense um, 101 on my social media timeline and thinking that that was like the most genius thing ever. I love the concept and I don't know, I, I really appreciate all the hard work that you've all, you know, put into this. And I just kind of wanted to give the opportunity um, for someone to talk about the last spring challenge. Yes. Um, so I can't believe, you know, May is approaching. Um, but, you know, I just want to give a shout out and recognize all our student participant from both our fall 2020 and this semester spring 2021 uh, spring challenge participants. Um, it's been amazing just to see all um, the different um, walks of life um, and demographics of students um, from SF to different states, Hawaii, Seattle, um, and just being able to participate in a variety of our spring challenges um, from our live trivia sessions to outdoor wellness bonding programming. Um, and then this week we have our um, tribute to National Park Week and just celebrating and um, having students submit their videos and photos of their favorite National Park memories. And then ongoing as well till April 30th is our Marathon in a Month Challenge. Um, and students can continue to participate. Um, there's still time left until April 30th um, to reach 26.2 miles. And you can wheel, you can walk, you can, you know, call up a buddy or do it with your housemate and family. So, you know, just really providing a various um, opportunities for students to be able to participate, um, find community, um, and being able to still maintain, you know, health and wellness um, together during this time. 
And then also, you know, just recognizing with the semester coming up to a wrap, next week is our last spring challenge of the semester. And it's going to be Where the Park Am I Trivia, which I'm super excited about. Um, we've received so many submissions this week for National Park Week. Um, so we know a lot of people know a lot about National Park. So, you know, we're going to end the semester with a trivia session and registration is open and you can sign up and reserve your spot um, either on our Instagram link in bio or on our website directly. And it'll be our last chance for raffle winners um, for you to win either a four week personal training, um, personal training uh, subscription or session or a rec sports dry fit long sleeve. Um, so we're super excited about that. And if anyone ever has any questions, you can always reach us at khrc at usfca.edu. Nice. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming on and giving us truly a glimpse into all the hard work that goes behind creating these programs, you know, these challenges. And especially with reopening, too, it's a really interesting concept to be dealing with. Um, it's all new, honestly. So I thank you all for, you know, your flexibility and being able to work in ambiguity. It's, it's great. And I appreciate that. <laughs> I love that. That was perfectly stated. <laughs> I, I'm kind of speechless there. Macy, you said it all too. So <laughs> all I can say again, just ta uh, touching more on that is thank you again, um, everyone for coming on today and just sharing what we all have planned out for the next coming year. Um, and just, you know, informing the students on, on um, you know, how we can continue to build community. And um, Shani, I know you said you have to get going. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Um, this was awesome. <laughs> um, Macy, should we take it away now with our Phoenix announcements? Yeah, sure. Um, so we do like to do a couple Phoenix announcements just to keep our students updated on what's happening. Um, so for this week, uh, the Thatcher Art Gallery is hosting an event on April 30th. It's for their final art hour of the semester. Um, this art hour is slightly different from previous ones because they will be mailing kits to the first 10 people who sign up by April 21st for this event. Um, you'll be able to make wire wrapped crystal necklaces and earrings using either supplies from the kit or you could either bring your own. So make sure to sign up. Attend the Cultivating Compassion Retreat event on April 30th from 1 to 5 p.m. In these uncertain times, we all have a need for a little more compassion. Compassion for our loved ones, for those who are deeply suffering from the economic and health consequences of this pandemic, and compassion for ourselves as we continue to face what is happening in our world. The Innovate for Good Conference is an annual symposium that brings together founders, CEOs, investors, academics, and nonprofit and government leaders who are taking action to shape a more sustainable and just future. This Friday, April 30th at 11.30 a.m., the conference will be live streamed on YouTube and is supported by the Harari Initiative, which honors the work of former University of San Francisco professor, Dr. Oren Harari, by continuing his mission to bridge theory and practice in the fields of conscious leadership and social innovation. Um, so yeah, thank you all for listening. And I just want to give uh, Corette just one more opportunity to please share your socials. Where can our students find you? 
Um, well, students, you can definitely follow us um, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, that's where a lot of our updates, um, we post multiple times daily um, at USF Correct, and that's U-S-F-K-O-R-E-T. And then I'm going to hand it over to Jess for Club Sports. Yes, and for everything club sports related, you can follow us um, on Instagram at USFCA Club Sports um, for the latest and greatest updates on what our students are up to. Nice. And to end it all off, um, we have a inspirational quote. Um, so our quote to end the podcast today is, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And this is coming from Aristotle. Um, so once again, thank you all for coming. And this has been Activity Time.